Hi, Michael Midas here. Welcome to the Mysterious Bluffs podcast. It's always a comfort to get a handwritten letter in the mail. The penmanship of a friend or relative can make a world of difference in your appreciation of their character. Handwriting is like a fingerprint. Well, a soothing, calming fingerprint. One without the stigma of being used as evidence in, for example, a witch trial. I know, you don't need a fingerprint to bust someone's ass for witchcraft. And who has time to write a letter? Get on Twitter and light some heads on fire. Nah, it can wait a bit. A while back, I received a handwritten letter from my cousin Jimmy, about 10 years from the last time we spoke. I didn't expect him to write a letter, but it was great to hear from him. And believe me, he had plenty to say about the little problem that kept us from speaking with each other. By the way, Jimmy's letter is why, on the previous episode of The Mysterious Bluffs, I mentioned him and that little problem, which if you don't recall, is that David Hasselhoff, one of my all-time favorite singers, was playing live at the local fairgrounds. Jimmy had bought two tickets to the show and promised he'd take me with him. Then he meets this Brazilian woman and decides that she's going instead. Jimmy and I were such good friends until that little problem, which was, looking back on it, kind of petty. Friends and family don't understand what the big deal is, and I'm almost sure that we don't either. Jimmy, if you're listening, the past doesn't matter anymore. I miss you, buddy. Remember the good times we had? Let me tell you, when you and I were kids, in our early teens, we went fishing together. Your mom drove us about half an hour out of town to a rickety old bridge which ran over a river, I wouldn't say the river was picturesque. It was muddy and slow and wound through a bog. Actually, its name is Mud River, so someone had their thinking cap on. From the side of the bridge, we'd saunter down a gravel path, fishing gear in hand, and then we'd go on a sandbar that stretched out to the middle of the water without a worry about dirtying our clothes. We'd cast out our rod and reels, and every so often, one of us caught a palm-sized catfish. We always threw them back, because you can't eat them, they were so small. Well, you can't eat them, except for that one time. Remember, Jimmy? Back then, you were a small, red-haired kid with a lot of freckles and a little insecure about it. You'd tell me that you'd rather be as big and strong as the wrestlers you watched on TV. Once in a while, to make up for the insecurity, you tried to prove how tough you were. So this one time, right in front of me, on the sandbar of the Mud River, you ate a live catfish. Remember, Jimmy? You held the critter by its tail while it flipped around in midair? Then you raised it over your head and frowned. You wished that catfish was deep fried, didn't you, Jimmy? But you were a good sport and dropped the fish in your mouth. The fish had stingy whiskers, so your face swelled up a bit. But you got over the pain 
and swallowed the fish in one gulp. Fenya smiled and said, Did I really do that? Jimmy, I miss you, buddy. So let's talk about serial killers. Ever read in the news that a psychopathic butcher was just picked up by the cops? A real nut job that racked up a body count in the double digits? I see his mugshot. He has a wicked grin, a crooked nose, and his eyes are bulging out with Satan. But what if I saw him working at an ice cream parlor, serving up rainbow sprinkles on a double scoop of chocolate? I'd say, is that blood on his fingernails? Nah, it's dark cherry ice cream. I heard it melts faster than the other flavors. So moving on, about Jimmy's letter, let me put it in perspective. Jimmy and I were about to see David Hasselhoff live. It wasn't just about the music or the laser light show. There's more to him that makes you want to be there. His Baywatch lifeguard skills. He saved a Russian bikini model from tripping over a shark carcass. He saved a sunburned seal from a bottle of suntan lotion. And remember the show Knight Rider? Who looks more inclined to solve a crime while they're driving a talking car? Yeah, David Hasselhoff or as we sometimes call them around these parts, DH. That said, as I've mentioned, instead of taking me to the concert, Jimmy brought a Brazilian woman. If you can call her that, the letter has some revealing information about her. Now I'm going to read the letter, but first, before Jimmy invited me to the concert, before the Brazilian woman, a series of strange events happened that led up to the whole shebang. About 12 years ago, back in my old apartment, a couple buddies were over on a humid July night. We were having a Monopoly marathon. Monopoly, the board game, and we'd been playing it with real money. It wasn't dollar for dollar, but it had an edge. So much that time flew by smoothly and we made it to sunrise. While we were playing, the TV was running, and just as we finished the game, this movie comes on. Larry, Moe, and Curly do the Nuremberg Trials. Now my buddies left because they needed sleep, but I figured add some instant coffee to the movie and I'll forget that I've been up all night. Well, I was out of instant coffee, so I snuck over to a 24-hour store to pick some up. It was a beautiful morning walk that cleared the mind. Blue sky, hardly any cars or pedestrians around. A couple blocks later, I entered the store and hurried to the grocery aisle and picked up a jar of instant coffee, then grabbed some corn chips and cherry danishes because you can't drink coffee on an empty stomach. In a hurry to get back to the movie, I rushed to the checkout counter. In front of me, this lady was haggling with the clerk over the price of a walnut shake in a can. She was waving her arms around and shaking her head. You'd think she'd been on a 5 a.m. marathon run and had a million things to do. The lady looked twice his height. She was athletically fit, dressed in a bright pink jogging suit and baby blue runners. 
Her long black hair was tied back, and her face was a little red. She couldn't find a polite word for the clerk, and he looked tired and perturbed, and he was almost out of things to say. He was this little guy with an Eastern European accent, but she was on this clerk, saying the last time she came in the store, the walnut shake in a can was on sale for half price, but it was sold out and she couldn't get a rain check. The clerk was saying that all he knew was the sale was over and the manager had called in sick that morning. So if she wanted a deal on walnut shake in a can, she'd have to speak with the manager another day. I could have told this woman to hurry it up because I wanted to get home, but I had a gut feeling that it could wait a bit. Maybe her runners weren't tied the right way. Maybe a whole lot worse was going on in her life. I glanced over the book rack. Sidney Sheldon. Nah. Daniel Steele. Wah wah. Oh, David Hasselhoff. An unofficial biography. I know. Unofficial means something fishy's going on. Hey, it's better than nothing fishy. Like an argument over walnut shake in a can. So I freed up a couple fingers from my grocery-filled hands and flipped through the book. I read that D.H. was a world-famous lifeguard who could sing smoother than a dove in a bubble bath. But this book had stories about him. They were smut from Saturn, junk from Jupiter, mayhem from Mars. I'll pass on repeating the stories, but one thing I'll say is the stellar distance between the stories in my own life made me feel lonely. The stories were impressively unbelievable and made everything I did seem no more than real. I felt alone like never before and needed someone else to assure me the stories were worth mistrusting. At that moment, the lady in front of me asked the clerk for the store manager's phone number. Yeah, she'd call him at home, and he'd be shivering in bed, and she'd drive an ambulance through his head. Nah, something else should happen before she rang the number. Something extra special. I closed in on the lady's ear and asked in a polite whisper, have you heard of David Hasselhoff? She spun around like a musical doll, and we gazed at each other for a ripe moment that seemed indefinite. The lady kind of smiled. It was a pleasy-teasy grin. You know what she said to me? I'm a big David Hasselhoff fan. So I said, you gotta tell me about him. Right then, she pushed her walnut shake in a can towards the clerk and said, put it back for me, please. I asked for her name. Zelda, she said. I'll be waiting outside. Then she headed to the door. Outside the store, by the front window, I was holding my grocery bag while Zelda was leaning on a newspaper box. Her face was kind of sour. I said, you don't look happy. If it'll cheer you up, I'll buy you the walnut shake in a can. No way. I looked into her blue eyes and said, you just spend how long arguing for a better price and you don't want it for free? 
like it doesn't taste good when it's free. Look, I don't mean no harm. I just want you to talk about... Before I could say the extra special name, Zelda's eyes lit up gloriously. David Hasselhoff, she declared. I knew by her smile that D.H. was a notch up from the average world-famous lifeguard. There was something liberating about him. He was the openness of open-mindedness. How about the Eighth World Wonder? Hold it, Seventh World Wonder. The Colosseum in Rome doesn't count anymore. A while back, I was in line at Becky's coffee shop and overheard that the Colosseum is a symbol of oppression. That's not my David Hasselhoff. But getting back to Zelda's smile, it was also pretty good on its own. And she had something to say about DH. She gave three important reasons why she cared for him. He's the first guy to tear up a road because he fell in love with a pothole. How about the time he dropped his martini and bumped into the lost city of Atlantis? Last but not least, D.H. diffused a totalitarian plot to create a master race of math jackals. Huh? Math jackals? Sounds like Midnight Algebra Club. Math jackal, a self-righteous fantasist that takes pleasure in achieving dystopia through calculation. Do you have a biological urge to rule a despotic empire? Is Captain Kangaroo in your head telling you to act like Attila the Hun? Are you filling in the blanks of a terror campaign like around a Sudoku? If you answered yes to these questions, sorry, but you're infected with math jackalitis. Better wear a mask before David Hasselhoff finds out. So now that we've covered math jackals, before we continue with the story, the other day, I bumped into Arnett Dahmer, or as he calls himself, Dr. Armando Gonzalez Galan, and good news, he informed me that his wife and him were having their 14th baby, and to celebrate, he's hanging a dwarf. I said, great, but I don't know about the dwarf. Some folks might take that the wrong way. How about, instead, you hand out chocolate cigars? You know what he said? You don't tell me no nothing. So let's get back to the story. My first encounter with Zelda, outside a convenience store at about 7 a.m., wasn't the last time I saw her. And eventually, we got married and stuff. And well, it didn't last long. If we were still together, I'd say meeting her was a great thing. But looking back now, I chalk it up as a strange event. And anyone can say when I met Zelda that morning, she taught me a few things about DH, but I would have found out somewhere else. 
So here's the next strange event that happened before the DH concert. We had a serious earthquake, though nobody really felt it. I didn't feel it at all. And only the head office of Burger Queen was seriously damaged. And mysteriously, four members of the management team died in the carnage. Now even more strange, this earthquake happened just after the Burger Queen Ebola scandal. A few customers dropped dead from the highly contagious illness only 24 hours after eating the infectious flavor meal, which was a burger combo in a bag that looked like a biohazard suit. By the way, the combo came with your choice of fries, mashed potato, or garden fresh salad. So far, we have two strange events covered. Meeting my ex-wife Zelda outside a convenience store, and the Burger Queen management earthquake fatality Ebola scandal. Just before the letter, here's another strange event that happened at the head office of Burger Queen. This guy wears a pink shirt to the office, so someone there makes a quick phone call, and five minutes later, these redneck dudes show up, surround the guy at his desk, and threaten that if he doesn't change his shirt to a manly color, they'll force him to read Dr. Seuss. Just kidding. These are sensitive times. And before you speak, you better think about what other people think. And if you don't, put an ice rink in the sink. You know what Zelda would say about Dr. Seuss? Reading Dr. Seuss is a social crime, and crime doesn't pay. I'd be like, come on, babes. Go save the whales, the ones that look Russian. I better read the letter before the strange events get more realistic. One more thing. Jimmy, if you're listening, you probably don't like that I'm getting some mileage on your heartfelt secrets. And the truth is, I don't like it either. But that's why I don't write letters. I save my writing for the order pad at a dim sum restaurant. So here we go with the letter. Dear Mr. Midas, Hold it. This letter isn't handwritten. It's a form letter. I swear this was Jimmy's letter when I read it a couple months back. Did I throw it out with the pizza boxes? Mm. Oh well, I'll read the form letter. Dear Mr. Midas, congratulations. You may be eligible to participate in our class action lawsuit. Can your DNA be traced back to Northwestern Europe between the years 700 to 1100 AD? Do you suffer from wormy ears, jellyfish shivers, volcano throat, shot put stomach, or other debilitative distresses while watching Middle Age warfare in movies? or visiting friends that collect battle axes or similar examples. If so, you may be entitled to reparations from the former Viking territories of Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Come on, stop with the lawsuit scam jobs. Look at this, a little further down, here's the catch. Send us your personal account of victimization 
a saliva sample, and a $99 processing fee. Actually, 99 bucks ain't a bad deal. The last suit I signed up for cost 149. It was something about too many pigeons in the city. Same law firm though. Come on, just kidding. I like pigeons. I better look for Jimmy's letter. Thanks for listening to The Mysterious Bluffs.